So we've got these like big four boxes that people in the past have used for um, planting uh, vegetables and potatoes and tomatoes and stuff like that and we didn't really know who was using what because it's not very good signage around here so we just kind of took a chance and started building a little herb garden in the corner and then took over one of the boxes which took hours of weeding and then yeah <laughs> it was exhausting. Sometimes having conversations when facing people can be quite daunting so that's one of the reasons we've created the shoulder to shoulder campaign. We're releasing lots of different podcasts with different people doing different things shoulder to shoulder. In this episode Ben and Chris talk about life, loss and lockdown whilst tending to the tomato plants. Yeah, we started bumping into actual neighbours and stuff and them saying, oh, are you good guys that are doing the really nice herb garden? Oh, have you taken over that box? That's lovely. I remember there was a woman that was doing it, but I think she became ill. So kind of slowly started to like get to know people in the community as well. So yeah. for the first time, honestly, I've, I've been lived here for years. Because usually if you want to go out and do something, you go to a restaurant or a bar or you go to a park somewhere, but suddenly our whole world just became much smaller. Um, so yeah. Yeah, as I say, gardening's not something that I know too much about, though, you know, I used mm. to get involved with my brother, um, when we were, when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for him it was always actually a way for, for us to spend time together because he had a bit of a, he had that sort of masculine pride about just asking to spend time with his little brother. Right. So yeah, he, uh, for him it was if I if I just make my little brother come spend time with me in the garden, I can talk to him and hang out with him <laughs> during the holidays. But that's quite sweet, really. <laughs> Looking back on it, it's quite sweet. At the time, I was, <laughs> was less less convinced about it. Yeah, I um, my granddad was always a really good gardener. I grew up, you can hear from my accent, I'm Scottish, but um, my grandparents lived in the south of England. And so we um, used to go down for summers and holidays and Christmases. And um, my granddad had a huge garden and I kind of often associated it with a place of like quiet and time with family and things like that. And so getting a chance kind of a little bit later in life in my 30s to start thinking about gardening as like a viable thing to do with my time was... Um, uh, really nice like I really have like embraced it and I'm, I will continue I know things are starting to like loosen up a little bit but th- there's no way I'm not going to stop gardening now yeah that's something my my whole family I'm a bit of a, an odd one out in my family because my everyone else is is into their gardening but one thing I've observed is how it's brought people together yeah um they all they're always sharing tips my, my siblings and I have a have a little family chat or group chat. Smell of tomato plants is um, always takes me always uh, takes me back to being very small and smelling my 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 mum and dad's tomato plants. Yeah, they've got such a the plants themselves are such a, a strong smell and yeah. um, that was something that they would that for as long as I can remember my my parents grew tomatoes. What other plants did your parents have in the garden? Like a lot of crops, or was it mainly flowers? Or? Yeah, well, yeah, my parents were always very big on um, growing uh, things that we could eat, so mm. potatoes, radishes were one that my dad was always very keen on. He used to love growing his own radishes and then bringing them in for lunch. Um, other salady bits, um, 
my mum was, was was much more keen on trying to cultivate flowers and stuff but mm. yeah certainly we'd strawberries raspberries mm. rhubarb nice this is a, a, a very impressive one to see yeah yeah you <laughs> suddenly kind of springs up out of nowhere we used to have um god we get um tons of rhubarb but every month or so because um there was an allotment just behind my mum's place and uh, one of the allotment owners was an Italian restaurant owner so he just grew crop after crop of rhubarb <laughs> and like could only use so much in his restaurants so he used to just give us the rest every month or so so always had lots of rhubarb like yeah. puddings basically <laughs> and uh, whenever they would go on holiday when I was um, when I was a bit older and they'd, they'd let me stay stay at home I was always give, given charge of making sure the tomato plant stayed alive. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> so you should be giving us tips then on exactly how to keep these things alive. <laughs> no, I love gardening. I, I think um, whilst in my life one day I'd love to have like my own private garden, I've also really appreciated the the communal aspect of this particular space and meeting other people and sharing a space with someone, with people. It's really yeah. nice for me. Yeah. And um, when my brother and his partner first moved in together and they didn't have a garden, mm -hmm. uh, he got himself an allotment and that was a, oh, nice. a lifeline for him. Um, his gardening is really inextricably tied to his well-being. It's something that mm -hmm. helps him when he's really struggling. Um, and he, yeah, I think the allot I think allotments and community gardens like this are fantastic for being able to build a sense of community and and, and yeah I, I, can't, I don't think I can put it better than you said when you talked about the pandemic yeah shrinking our world and and yet sort of opening up in a way that we hadn't before I'll quickly grab some coffee do you want some uh, yeah. this is the bottom of the pot so I think it might be quite strong <laughs> No, you know, I hinted towards it, but I didn't really talk about it properly. I'll talk about my feelings, and you can talk about yours. Mm. <laughs> um, during the like winter of the pandemic, and I hadn't seen my family in, at that point, something like nine, ten months, and the days were shorter, and Christmas hadn't happened. Mm. It really, I'm quite a, uh, I don't know, self-sufficient in some ways. I don't need a lot of people in my world in some ways, but that that hit me so hard in a way that I think I was a few months but maybe just a few months behind people on the same journey basically yeah. um did you get a chance to see family and like how did you feel from the pandemic yeah it was I mean it was really tricky um my I I went about I think it was 15 months without seeing my mum um yeah and yeah I didn't see that didn't see my family over Christmas um and that was difficult. It was um, especially after losing my dad only a few years ago, and then um, Christmas being quite a tricky time for us as a family uh, since then. And then is that related to when he passed away, or is that just do you think a normal thing for family Christmas itself just brings up memories? I think it's a, I think it, family Christmases bring up memories. I mean, my my dad's birthday was also the two days after Christmas, so right. We okay. Always, yeah. We struggled yeah, yeah, with yeah. that too. I think, and we'd always. The previous years, we'd always tried to make sure that we were on together on that on that day. Um, of course. 
so to then have to be so spread across the country was was, was challenging for all of us I think so um, nobody was able to kind of get back was it quite a disparate yeah yeah no one was able I mean my my sister was able to go and be with my mum um, because they'd kind of formed a bubble and they weren't too far away yeah um, but other than that we were all spread from I mean literally up different ends of the country I was up here in Scotland and they were down in the south of England so mm-hmm. did you have like some kind of group zoom call on the day then or um, on Christmas we did a family zoom call it had to be quite short because we've got two young nephews mm. who were who are old enough to understand that things had been strange and they hadn't seen their friends and mm. but were also still young enough that the colors and lights of Christmas was a sufficient balm to soothe the pain. We laugh about but don't talk about that much that like some people were in a position to adapt during a pandemic. People that were working or like at school were the kids at school or teachers were like learning that technology really quickly because it became a daily thing whereas anyone who'd retired like my mum and dad or weren't using it in their life in Spain just didn't know how to like make it part of a normal day. Yeah and and, um, because my mum's retired as well and she funny enough gardening was a real lifeline for her oh, and um, she's got she's got a decent garden space and one of her friends was able to come over and help her with bits and pieces especially when um, her hip was, was quite sore and her friend was helping her with things um, it's also been one of the safest ways to spend time with people mm. even now I, I don't meet people indoors or I try to avoid it as much as possible but I'm very happy to meet people in, in the garden and do a wee bit of gardening and chat and yeah. sit out together. Did you, um, yeah, my, um, at my work, a lot of people who live by themselves really struggled during the pandemic. I can't imagine how hard that would be to, like, for everything suddenly to just be your home by yourself and people had to take time off and close friends of mine just, just struggled so badly. Yeah, I mean, I... I was, I was in a funny position because I moved. I mean, it was the I think the same week that they declared lockdown um, for the first time. Mm. Um, I moved in with someone that I'd only ever met once before. Um, <laughs> so I sort of I wasn't living on my own, but it was still very isolating and lonely. Um, mm-hmm. And I I had to take some during that first lockdown I ended up taking some time um, off work because I was just uh, yeah I was just really struggling um, and I, the flat I moved into was quite small um, you didn't really have much gar- much outdoor space um, there wasn't much outdoor space within the kind of accepted range um, for walking um, or traveling right yeah um, and I it, it's, yeah, it became this very isolating, narrow experience, and especially when they closed my flatmate's workplace, and she also had to start working from home, um, and so then she had to kind of commandeer the communal space for work yeah. because she couldn't, she didn't have the space to work in her room, but I did. So then it became that. Every, all day, every day, all I was seeing was the inside of my my room from first yeah. thing in the morning till first thing in to last thing in the, in the evening, and um, 
this, this, yeah, there's something really tricky about that when you've got no separation. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, a friend of mine, she started even just... Um, uh, she, she knew people who lived around the corner from her who were away, and she started going to their home to work. Yeah, and going back again to her own home after work, was of the, with their permission. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and she said that that needed break was so important. Yeah, I think um, like you said about not having a lot of green space, like I think it's so, so hugely important to have green space around. Yeah, and I, I mentioned I was my sister with her houseplant habit, and that wasn't something that was viable for me because I have two cats, and <laughs> one of whom uh, chews anything green, whether. Mm whether artificial or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's limited our balcony gardening as well, to be honest. Yeah. We hope you've enjoyed this week's Shoulder to Shoulder episode. Make sure you follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you've got any difficult conversations coming up, why not try having them shoulder to shoulder? Take care, everyone. <laughs>